Welcome everyone to another episode of The Rodcast. It's a new year and we're getting into the swing of things and today we want to talk a little bit about how we can embrace the new, the new thing that God's doing. So Pastor Rod, how do we how do we do that? How do we engage with the new thing that God wants to do in our lives? Our last one we talked about hope, the power of hope. That's the surprising power of hope in a supernatural God and when God says I'm doing a new thing, it, it doesn't mean a bad new thing. It means a good new thing. I think we can always yeah. feel excited. I think it's something in our soul, our heart, we need to keep excited in life, you know, um, that God is a good God. Jeremiah 29, 11, where God says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for a future and a hope and not for evil. I think we need to hear the excitement in God's word. God says, it's, it's, it's exciting. I've got a great plan. It's exciting. So embracing the new thing from God should be exciting. I do believe that. That's hope. It's faith. It's knowing the nature of God. And God says, I'm, we should be saying, great, God, I, 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 am I ready? I, I want to be ready. I want to jump into your new thing because I know it's going to be good. So through the whole Bible, we're going to see a lot of good things that God does in people's lives, supernatural things, destiny things, um, historical things, uh, just, just God things then we get excited about that, hey. Do you have any kind of uh, scripture that you can share around <laughs> that? Or I, I yes. know you do. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a scripture very close uh, together in the Old Testament in Isaiah 42 and Isaiah 43 mm-hmm. that says almost the same thing but a bit different. Isaiah 42 verse 9, God's saying, see, the former things have taken place or past things have taken place. And new things I declare before they spring into being, I announce them to you. And Mm. I think that's something of the excitement we should have in our spirit that God's going to do another good thing. Uh, I'm not going to be limited by former things. I'm going to be excited by future things, the prophetic. In chapter 43, it's, it just says a little bit more, a little bit different. It says in verse 18, 19, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. So this new thing is going to, uh, it's obviously future. It's, it's good. It's not going to be like the former things. It's going to be something different, something better. Um, do you get it? Do you feel it? Do you understand it? Um, does it drive you? Does it inspire you? And then it says, I'm making a way in the desert. So the, the only picture we have is a, a geographic change, desert to river, desert to beautiful waters. And so there's a promise here. It's saying, get ready, get your heart ready, get your thinking ready for a good change. Something's going to happen. So that's the scripture that comes to mind. And I think we use that scripture a lot with Lifehouse in our mm. preaching um, that, that God's got a, something, something new. We, let's, let's stay excited. I like are you staying God, excited, Richard? <laughs> I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm very excited about this year. I, I, I love that scripture for, firstly, you could pull it apart and just talk about lots of different parts in it. But but the part like, do you not perceive it? Like there's almost like a challenge there that God's yeah. giving us. Come on, I want you to, you've yeah. got to see it. Like, because I think we can see negative. Yeah. Or we can just see nothing. 
nothing mm. changing, see the same old, this year is going to be the same as every other year. Uh, but that's not what God is, is, yeah. is speaking. Mm. And uh, mm. why do you think that's so important that we see it? Yeah, I think it is. Um, it's talking about vision. And um, someone once said, vision is the oxygen of the soul. It, or hope is, you know, the concept that there is a good future is like mm. oxygen to my heart, to my thinking, to my planning, to my waking up, to my mental health. A big part of it is staying positive, visionary. And so, yeah, God says in both those scriptures, I'm, I'm going to announce it to you. I'm going to tell you it's coming. Um, do you get it? There is a call. God's calling us back to vision. And that's important because in hard times, we, we tend to lose our vision. We get worn down. And so God is calling and saying, it's coming. It's coming. Uh, are you ready? Have you got it? You re- your heart ready to receive something fresh, something new? I think there's a call to vision. And there's another great scripture in, in um, Proverbs 29, 18 that says, without a vision, the people perish or people die is the actual word. Without a vision, people die. Now, I think that means... Um, they die inside first. Mm. Um, They die. It could even affect their health. Um, Without a vision, people, and and that's, to to, to die also means to cast off something good. So if I've given up hope, if I've given up my vision, if I've given up my dreams, um, you know, it's just a terrible thing. Vision is what this is all about. Now, God is not a tease. He doesn't like have a, a carrot before us, the picture of a, a carrot before a donkey, you know, like and always out in front and you never get it. God is not doing that. He's not got the carrot out in front of us saying, oh, one day you'll get it. Come along, come along. No, God is a good father. And the picture of God as father is he wants to give good things to his children. He wa- He desires, he's really... He desires good things for us more than we do. Isn't that amazing that mm. he wants us to, you know, ha- have that great marriage and a great job and great health. He wants us to have great dreams and great friends and a great church. He wants his desire. Now, there are hard times, but the point I'm saying is when God says, get ready, are you ready? I think he's getting us ready to give something good, right? Because <laughs> he's a good father. Be like you saying to your boys, you got four little boys, and saying to them, "If you, if you know, we're going to go to the ice shop, ice cream shop today, and all day you say that, but you don't ever go. That would cause damage. <laughs> yeah. Now it could happen once if something comes up, but if that repeats, it's going to be damaging. But God is a father that wants to deliver, and if we don't get it yet, there are other reasons. It's not that God doesn't want to deliver; it's that it's not time yet. Um, there are other things here. God wants you to grow, get ready, whatever it is. But staying in that mode that God is good and yeah. he has this really good thing for me keeps me motivated and visionary. Yeah, I've, I, I've never really linked the two. Um, but uh, in the last episode, we talked so much about hope. And how can you have vision if you don't have hope? Like there's there's so... Because vision is a, yeah. is, I mean, a good vision, unless you have yeah. a bad vision, but a good vision, you're believing that something is going to be up. It's going to be better than, yeah. than what you had. Yeah. And if your heart's not in that right place of believing that God is a good God that wants mm. to give something good, his plan is good, then how do you formulate a vision yeah. for your life or for the year that is 
is going to lead you towards something better. Like you, 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 yeah. I don't think you do. I think they're linked. I think that the word hope, we need to just define as hope in God, hope in God's power, hope in God's mm-hmm. love. It's not hope yeah. in hope. It's That's not right. just saying, I hope things get better in life. It's actually hope in someone, a great God. And that's why we've got to know him. We've got to know his nature and his heart. And that's why he's saying, do you perceive it? Do you get it? It's do you get that the good God has got something good? So it's hope in God's power. Hope in, and that's why we love the Bible so much. Just our whole Bible is, a, is God's intervention in people's lives, it's a supernatural shift that we read over and over and it brings us this godly hope. So, yeah, yeah I, I think hope is such a big part of it. Actually, actually, when I was a young pastor, someone challenged me and I, I don't think it was a good challenge. They said to me, oh, you know, you know, hope is not as strong as faith. And um, they almost tried to undermine my concept of hope. I think hope is the building block of faith. I, I think it's hard to have faith without having hope. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think we, we build on, I hope so, I hope so. Can God do it? I hope so. Can God help our marriage? I hope so. Um, and that hope develops into, I believe so. I, I believe that. I think that's going to happen. I've got enough of God's word and I now, but I don't, I, but I'm not throwing away hope as a great concept to start and I want to encourage people too that maybe have lost hope or are hopeless in a situation. I don't think you have to start in perfect faith, but I do think you have to start back into hope. Hope. I hope God can. I hope God will. And that when we're reading his word or hearing something, yes, I hope so, is a great building block. And out of that comes vision as well. I'm glad you defined it because as I think about it, even in the English language, we use this word very softly, uh, like I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow, and <laughs> it's based in nothing. It, it it just means it could happen or it could not, but that's the level that it's at. But then we also use it spiritually speaking here, where we're talking about something we like. We believe absolutely that that God mm. is good. Uh, it, th- those two concepts are so different. Do, do you have? Is there any, uh, I, I don't know if you can answer this question, but I'll throw it out there. With with your studies of the Greek language, like is the word hope, uh, maybe, uh, is there anything you know about that word or th- th- do they use that differently? Because in, in English, I feel like we use it very spiritually in church and then also in everyday life, it's very different. I, th- I think just like in... Um English, the Greek language did have the word hope in different contexts. So, you've got to define it. It can't just stand alone. It's not, like you said, it can't just hope it's a good day or hope the weather, hope it doesn't rain. And you know, there's hope in God's promise. It sounds so different, but it's it's defining it. It's it's hope in what? It's hope yeah. de- hope depending on what? If it's just, just nice chit-chat, it's just Oh, yeah, if it rains, great, doesn't, great. But I hope my marriage gets better is such a different concept. I hope, I hope that God can help us in our marriage is such a different. So I'm hoping in God and I'm hoping for something specific and I'm praying into it is a very different level of hope. So the answer is, I think language wise, it's the same word, but it's defining it that it's hope in something very substantial. Um, a God who loves us and who has power. And just let me, just on that, that thing about hope my marriage can get better, I, you know, I, I, 
here in Tokyo, there was a, a lady that was very legalistic and she said something like this, um, it's, it's, wrong, it's wrong to hope for a better marriage. We should, um, it's as good as it's going to get. And I, I just never accepted that for a, for a moment, but I had to think about it, think, what is, she, what is this person saying? I, I think this person is saying this is as good as it gets, right? Don't, don't hope for a better marriage. And I even wondered whether they were struggling. But I have a good marriage, but I have hope in God for a better marriage, right? So hope in who and hope in what? Declare it, speak it. Um, it becomes part of our thinking and our vocabulary. When someone says, how's your marriage? They, yeah, we're doing good. Um, we're, you, know, you know, God can always do great new things, but it's good because I have faith and hope in God. So I hope I clarified that a little bit. Hope in what? Hope in who is where I think we need to define this. Yeah, and I think uh, I've probably mentioned this before, but even with the stuff that we've gone through here in Hong Kong, um, with some of the political stuff, I, I, you could see people putting their hope in uh, in people or systems, and and having that not work out, and they were left with just devastated. And whereas, if you put your hope in Jesus and unchanging God, uh, whose his work is finished, it's like nothing's changing. It's you can anchor yourself into that. Yeah, so good, powerful. It's really powerful. You've had to lead um, a lot of people um, through some years of struggles. I love Hong Kong. It's a great city and an incredible city. So I'm not, I'm not trying to put a damper mm-hmm. on it. But there's been some moments mm-hmm. where you've had to lead in hope. But it's not, you, you, you're not saying to people hope in hope. <laughs> you, no. I think you would have given up by now, right? That's kind of, that feels like positive, just like this positive yeah. thinking kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not, there's no anchor. Yeah, I mean, I, I before I became a believer, I, I read a lot of that self help stuff, and you know, I, I went through the the motions of meditation and and you know for a long time and hope and hope hope and 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 it never helped me because it wasn't built on something. It was built on me getting better. Um, maybe some people are mentally strong enough to get better in that, but I Will wasn't. Power. Yeah, yeah, willpower. I willpower wasn't. Discipline. Yeah. 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 And I actually call that the religion of the strong. If you can actually change through your willpower, you're actually stronger than me. Well done. But I needed help. I needed God to help me. I knew I needed help. So so my hope when, after doing all that, and I was still the same, when I found, when I read about Jesus and found Jesus, it was supernatural help. It was supernatural hope. That, that started to shift um, a, a new excitement, a new desire to live, a new desire to achieve, a new desire to, to get better. So it's not hope in hope. It's hope in God and his power. And I hope people can understand that, that there's a great God. He has a great future, great destiny. Let's get a hold of him and hope will rise in our hearts. Mm. With the back to that scripture, talk about God doing a new thing. Sometimes a new thing can be scary uh, or can make people nervous. Like I'm not ready for yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything to say to anyone thinking like that? I think if people are nervous about any new thing, um, they, they've learned to 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 be safe in their environment, haven't they? They're like, this is the status. This is where I want to live. And I don't think God's upset with them. 
I, I just think God's saying there is something better. Um, it's about trust. Trusting mm. in what God has is even better. So t- you, there was a saying in sales that, that you, you've got to give up to go up. You've got to give up something to go up. So you've got to sacrifice something to go up. And I think it's maybe like that. You've got to give up a bit of comfort to risk for something even better. And I think that's true in investments, isn't it? It's always going to be a risk. Do your homework and that. But um, there's a risk, but you've got to give up to go up. And I think with the new thing, God's saying, um, yes, you've got to give up a bit, a bit of comfort, a bit of uh, where you're at, but f- the, the benefits are so high. The benefits are great to believing in God for a much better thing. You know, we, when we, we were happy pastoring in Australia. We loved it. We were very happy. We had little boys. And then God said, come, and, come, and, uh, come to Japan and be part of a great adventure there. And we felt God was in it. We, were felt, we felt excited. But we had to give up to go up. We had to give up something to go up into what God has for us. And I'm not saying everyone's going to go to Japan. But um, there are those points. And, and I think that I think if people don't take great moments of, of opportunity later on, they could have regret. I think, I think even for Christians, there is regret, which means I should have made, we, sh- we should have made that decision. We should have done that. And you can't eliminate regret. There's always going to be something that maybe we should have done. But um, I think when God calls us, speaks to us, lifts us, raises us, there's, there's that excitement and we we don't do it. We're, we're, we're risking something great, risking something great. A lot of people in, in old people's homes say that a lot of old people are full of regret and they say things like, I wish I'd done that. Actually, John Maxwell, one of his books, one of his early books, he talks about a study of 90-year-olds, 90 to 100-year-olds, what, what we call nontogenarians or something like that. It's in the 90s. And they ask them, this question, if you could have your time over again, what would you do differently? And I think number one answer was always spend time with relationships. I'm pretty sure that was always the number one response. Um, but number two or number three was I, w- I would have risked more. I, w- I would have taken the opportunities more. So 90-year-old saying relationships were the most important thing in life. And then the second thing was we should have risked more for something that was in our heart, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I just I think when God's speaking like this, he's actually trying to pull people out of the safe, out of the mm. safe place into a more um, rewarding future, mm. both the in advent- this world. The adventure. Mm-hmm. S- sorry? The adventure. The adventure. Yeah. In this world and reward for the future world in heaven. Rewards of well done, good and faithful servant. You were, you were faithful. In what I called you to do, so there's a there's a reward, and I think it's actually pretty important to talk about that word right now. Rewards uh, in life, and um, you know, rewards rewards should only come when we achieve, right? And um, like if you came, you know, good in your race or your maths, or whatever, you get a reward. That's a good thing, and I think that rewards come into this. Jesus talked about rewards more than anyone in the Bible. He's saying, "Come on, live a life." Live big, live live with God's plan, do the right thing, make great choices, and your reward will be great in this life and in heaven. Um, there's a scripture actually in the book of Mark. I think it's Mark, oh, it could be Mark 11, where Peter, the apostle Peter comes to Jesus and says, what's, 
what's left for us? Others have left you. What's left for us? And Jesus said, you will not fail to whatever you've given up, you know, homes, family, whatever it is, you will not fail to receive those things more in this life and persecutions and more in the life to come. So Jesus is not saying it's all pretty and roses. There is some persecution. But he's saying giving up, you're going to go up. Sacrifice will always lead to reward with God. So if God's saying I've got a new thing, there might be some change, sacrifice, but that's why we've got to have a vision of a better future with God. Mm. So how do we know what we should uh like be sacrificing or what we, what new thing God is doing or how, how do we, like we start the year blank and, okay, God, I'm ready for the new thing. Yeah. <laughs> what I, I, think, I, think, I think journaling, reading God's word and taking a note of God's promises to us is a great foundation for any of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was very young, I, as a Christian, I was 19, I heard the word meditation and I thought back to my days when I was in New Age and thought that's when you blank your mind out. But biblical meditation is the opposite. It's where you fill your mind with God's things. You fill your mind with God's promises. So I'm meditating now, not on emptiness. I'm meditating on promises. My answer is get in the word, get some promises that mean something that excites you, Write them down, share with your husband or wife, um, and it's a growing thing. So when I hit 2023, I'm not blank. I'm not meditating on nothing. I'm now meditating on promises for this year. And I feel personally for, for me and for Lifehouse, there's a great promise in Psalm 1611 that says, in your presence is fullness of joy. And I'm meditating on that. I've been meditating on it for at least a month as a leader of our, our, our movement, that I want to get this and then cast it over our campuses. And the word that I keep getting is closer. Just closer to God is closer to joy. Closer to God is closer to love. Closer to God is closer to vision. So my vision for 2023, as vague as it sounds, is closer is more joy. Closer is more vision. and. And, and out of that, I think people are going to get personal vision. Oh, well, that means my job, or that means the relationship here, or that means my studies, or that means my health. So closer. And so I'm meditating, not on emptiness, but on promises. And so when God starts saying it's a new thing, I'm, I'm so excited. Wow, I can't wait. God, a new thing. It's going to be more of you. More, people are going to be more joyful. Hopefully, people are going to be more healthy. Hopefully, there's going to be more relationships, and I'm starting to think through what do these scriptures mean for people, for me. And and so, I hit the year running. So, if if people don't have a word in their heart right now, I'd like to give that word to you. Psalm 16, verse 11, in your presence, God, is the fullness of joy. This could be the most joy-filled year you've ever had, most satisfying year you've ever had. If your church has its own vision, please take that. But if there's just emptiness right now, let me say to you, grab a scripture and grab a promise and pray into it. And all of a sudden, the year becomes full of these new things. And so then the the practical kind of comes out of that, right? Like that 
so your because your word like you said it's quite vague it's big it's like closer but then yeah. from there like there's a, a natural outworking of how that looks practically how how how, yeah. how do you go through that side of things once you've yeah. got that kind of big picture well, it's going to affect everything. It's going to affect me and my wife that we're going to be closer because we're getting closer to God and um, vision for the church. People are going to get closer. Uh, families are going to get closer. I start praying through you, like Richard and Janice, you guys, and you're closer to God. Now, that doesn't mean you're not close. It just It's just a comparative. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. more, uh, more, yeah. more for Hong Kong. More, more for Tokyo, more for Osaka, just more. So I'm praying over my key relationships and what I'm responsible for. If I was involved in a business deal or business people or in accounting, or whatever, praying into the job, praying into the situation. One of my sons is a pastor and one is a scientist. I pray over them. One will be great in pastoring and one will be great in science, praying into things that are close to me that mean something to me. I'm praying God would touch them. And this could be the year of breakthrough for everybody. So that goes from the big vague into my personal life mm. um, very definitely. And I think it affects everything, actually. My health, I want to be healthy. Um, my uh, studies, I love studying. I want to be more, my brain, I want to be more uh, onto it. Hey, just just as a side note, um, this is really going into a tangent, but there was a study done recently of about 100 um, Catholic nuns who passed away. And before they passed away, they all had dementia. They know that because of brain scans. But not one of those 100 nuns had the symptoms associated with dementia, such as memory loss or or confusion or not one. So it's called the nuns study, okay? So I just, I've just heard about it. It's called the nuns study of 100 nuns and all 100 did have dementia by brain scans but not one had memory loss till they died. And they, they, you can actually probably Google it, nun study, dementia, it'll come up. But one of the things they said was all 100 nuns were involved in new studies till the moment they died. They were involved in studying something new. And one of the things that was at the top of the list was studying a new language. Very interesting for us here in Asia. Or studying a new skill that all 100 were totally invested in learning till the day they died and had good memories to to memorize so that that's the study if i can bring it back to us <laughs> and and the new thing i just think it could mean new studies it could mean new goals it could mean new um sports but something learn, learning something new. I think I think when God says He wants to do something new, it's probably associated with learning something new, mm. keeping and, keeping fresh. And that's what it means to be a disciple, right? Isn't it like right. learner? It's like the very word, <laughs> or some kind of student, someone yep. who's constantly learning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you do feel like with <clears throat> maybe we've all experienced an older person who has stopped learning. And yeah. you, you feel like that there's not much left. Hmm. Like, yeah, like as, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's my, more like shutting down. Yeah. My my mom died uh, uh, last year and she was in a nursing home the last few years. She was the Scrabble lady in the nursing home. She'd set up the Scrabble and say, come on, ladies. Most were older ladies. Come on, ladies. Um, 
let's play Scrabble, let's get some words going. And 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 the nurses love my mum because she set up, you know, Scrabble and uh, other games and and she was always that person learning and growing. What's that word? And um, and I'm sure my mum did lose a bit of memory at the end, but but she could remember a lot, and she was happy to the to the day she died. And, and there's no judgment on other people's story. I'm just saying, my mum did learn till the day she died, actually, and uh, she was happy. And I'm so happy for that. That was the way she passed away. She was a believer. She loved God. She said, "When I when I die, Rod, I'm just going to close my eyes and I'm going to be in heaven with Jesus and my family." She just was so sure. Mm. She said, "I have no fear of death. When it comes, I welcome it." Uh, she was 93, so she's not like you know fatalistic in that. But she just she just but she still played Scrabble every night and um, phone calls and grand, how's how's the grandchildren? Stayed active and healthy, and I think I want to be like that. You know, um, what, you know, I'm 63, not 93, so I've got another, I've got another third of my life to go. Um, <laughs> so wouldn't it be sad to stop learning with one third of your life to go? Um, mm. One of our pastors, uh, Lewis, has read a book about um, aging. I guess it, I guess it's about and dreams. And he said that if if we live to about 85, we actually live with I think he said 4,000 weeks. Um, and uh, if you break your life not into years but into weeks, we all have four thousand weeks. And um, he was saying, wouldn't it be sad if you like you at, at, at three thousand you just stopped learning, or th- at three thousand weeks you just stopped? So that's the picture. Like, why wouldn't you use your four thousand weeks? And that doesn't mean we can't retire or we can't, you know, put the foot off the throttle. Um, but I just think it's an interesting concept that um, living life to the max, right? Living life with, mm-hmm. and and of course, in later years, I'm not there yet. Of co- yet, I'm not there yet. Of course, <laughs> not yet. Um, but wouldn't it be great to live that life, learning, growing, giving, until we can't anymore? That would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that a, a perspective of there's something new for me to learn. There's <clears throat> God's got something else for me yeah today and tomorrow and yeah yeah that seems like a great way to live i mean once again what's the alternative the alternative right. is is not very good yeah. um so yeah yeah and and i think this is again a tangent but i think a really big thing of of new thing is as, as it says in both those those scriptures forgetting the old i think there is something there about not being a, a continual hurt person that we actually do have to attack hurt and disappointment. Uh, attack means, Lord, help me, help me overcome. Uh, now, we don't actually forget as in it leaves our memory, but the pain of things can diminish over time. Time is a great healer and God is a great healer. So, over time, forgetting the pain and coming back to excitement, forgetting the bruising, hurt, mm. sickness, and thinking maybe – Things could get better. So, a big part of dreaming again is overcoming past, isn't it? It's really a big part. And and that's faith in God again. God is good. God is powerful. He can help me overcome my sad thoughts, negative thoughts, depressed thoughts. There can be change. And again, that's called hope, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I guess on a practical level, we we talk about clean heart here all the time every every night. 
just yeah. just for, for, forgiving and that's a huge yeah. part of that um that i think that um yeah lifehouse we talk about this thing called clean heart at night which means every night just say god is there anything i need to lose leave forget um whether it's your your wife husband or whether it's someone at work or someone at church it actually comes from scripture in ephesians 4 26 27 where it says you know don't let the sun go down on your anger if you do you will give let the devil have a foothold in your life and Mm -hmm. In Jesus' day, people went to bed when the sun went down. They woke up when the sun came up. They were agricultural country folk. So to me, that means don't go to sleep with anger in your heart. And I think anger, upset can be a killer of joy and excitement. And as well as affecting my physical life, it can affect my dream life, my um, my mind life, my relationships. So we do talk about this clean heart as an actual visionary thing. That, that God is so strong about forgiveness and releasing, it's, it's like, wow, Jesus really spoke strongly. He said, um, I think it's in Matthew 6, he said, if you don't forgive, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. I mean, it's like hyperbole, like, whoa, that's really big, Jesus. Mm. And, but it's not just forgiving the person, it's me being free to dream and live a free life, isn't it? Um. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like said, preparing the soil for something mm, to grow in. Mm, great. Setting the foundation. Yeah. Yep. So going to bed, clean heart, waking up, great day, verses in the Bible, prayer. We're getting ready to learn and grow and live. We're getting ready for the new thing. So I've been saved for 43 years now, and I still wake up waiting for a new thing. Some days it happens, some days it doesn't, but I'm always living in the hope that today is another day of a new thing. And if it doesn't happen this week, maybe it's going to happen next week. If it doesn't happen this year, maybe it's going to happen next year. But living in that zone is a good way to live. And some people will say, well, what if it doesn't happen? And I say, well, what if it does happen? I want to be ready for when it does happen. Yeah. So you know is that. there any disappointment when it hmm. doesn't happen? Yeah. And you got to deal with that. So. Right. I've I've got to I've got to give myself a time limit of how long I'll be disappointed. Now sometimes that is emotional and I can't set a time limit. Mm. But other times I can. You know, if something just didn't happen um today um I've got to get over it for the sake of my family, for the sake of my the church and my dreams and I've got to I've got to learn how to get over disappointments. If a disappointment is is from a a deep rejection or a or a betrayal, it'll take a bit more time, but I still must be committed to the process of leaving the past behind. I remember when I was really young and, um, well, actually not that young. I was about 30-something, 30 32. Uh, that seems young now. Um, <laughs> and and I was we were living in Thailand, and I, we love Thailand. So this is not a bad Thailand s- story of, per se, but a person really let me down. It was just... A terrible thing and in my disappointment I said something I will never say again and I I, I was embarrassed but I said out loud in the, in the garden I walked out and I said to God I will never disciple anyone again I was so disappointed and the moment those words left my lips I said oh God I'm sorry I, I pull those words back I pull them back now I was still hurt but I was not going to make a decision 
based upon that. Mm. I think people make decisions that are too firm sometimes, uh, like things like I'll never love again, I'll never hope again, I'll never try again. Those sort of phrases, I think we need to take that back and say, God, I'm sorry, I take back all those things. So what I did was I said, God, I'm sorry, and I said, although I'm hurt, I'm looking for the next person to disciple now. So I actually then reversed that negative decision to make a positive decision, which wasn't going to be that day or that week because I'm hurt. But I'm I'm not going to make bad decisions based on hurts. And when God says, forget the former things, I think we have to actually process some things that have happened and we've made bad decisions. You know, as a pastor, I hear young people say things like, um, you know, uh, my boyfriend, girlfriend betrayed me. I'll, I'll never love again. And in a pastoral way, I've got to try and get to them and say, don't say that. Like, I know you're hurting, but don't make firm decisions based upon what this one person did to you. And I think that that can happen with finance, where some people have experienced poverty growing up and they say we'll always be poor. That's called a poverty mentality. And I say to them, I know you are poor. I know it was hard. Make a new decision that God can actually bring some blessing into your life. I, I think this is really important with the new thing, actually. We're sort of going in this direction a bit here right now, but mm. maybe some people need to get their hearts cleansed. Like you said, you, just, you said it, heart ready, prepared, like soil, ready for the new seeds of God's promises and blessing. Boom, and, and all of a sudden, we, we've gone back into hope and back into fruitfulness. Because otherwise we won't perceive it. Yeah. It's like God wants to plant something good and it's yeah. like we're just not ready yeah. to, to absorb and, it. And, and, we, and there's an English word, cynical. Cynical happens when I have too many hurts and it's like I cross my arms and I hear something good and I say, oh, yeah, sure, which could even come from God's word. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, sure, God. And, and we're actually cynical. We're actually hurt enough that we're actually defensive or boundaries, walls, my advice would be in, in one split second, go to God today and say, Lord, I take down those walls. I'm, I want to be ready for a good thing again. I want to be ready for the new thing because um, it only takes a, a moment with God. God's not angry that we have those walls. He's not going to be saying, but you've had that wall for two years. No, he's going to say, welcome back. I'm so glad you're back. Let's talk about future again. God is good. God is good all the time. And if anyone's cynical, they can get rid of that cynicism in a moment with God. Say, God, I'm sorry. Remove that. Or when someone says, I'll never love again, say, hey, take that off your life. Say, Lord, I take that off my life. I'm ready to love again. Amen. I mean, we've got to, this is what the word of God teaches. It's so good. And I think sometimes people make that as well, make decisions like that out of hurt about yeah. church or about leaders trusting. Right. I, I won't trust the church again. I won't trust the leader again because some, someone disappointed me or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, any decision made out of hurt is pro- probably, probably not the best foundation to build a, a wise yeah. decision off. Just, just on that thought, Richard, I'm going to say something a little bit um, open here that, as, as a, I've been a Christian 43 years, and I'm a Christian because I love Jesus. But there's been some significant people in my life who've proven to be not what I thought they were. Um, there's a few. And I can honestly say 
that's disappointing, but it doesn't affect the way I love God and love his church. And I can understand why people get hurt. I can because I've also been hurt. But I think we need to just have our faith in a good God. And and no leader is perfect. And and keep your faith and, you know, read the Bible again and trust again. I, I just wanted to put throw that in. I've, I've had that experience too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, I think, I guess the word never is a dangerous word, isn't it? Like, yeah. I'll never do something like yeah. that or or forever, or these mm. absolutes are, mm. you know, you got to be careful using those concepts. Yeah, yeah. Um, God wants to bring every single person listening to this new things, new good things. And I guess we're going to finish this in a moment by saying, come on, let's all be living in that realm of excitement because it does bring excitement to think God could do a new thing, doesn't it? it if I've mm-hmm. overcome my hurt and my cynicism and I come back and I think, yeah, God really could do something new. It brings excitement about living Absolutely. and learning and growing. Yeah. Well, excited for the new things ahead this year. It's going to be a great year. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time.